0: It's so good to see you all from here.
1: And <laughs> it's, a,
0: it's a different kind of a, a setup, but uh, it's so good to see you all from here. And, uh, and it's a privilege to be speaking today. Um, I will be speaking about faith. And, and I know we, uh, we have uh, uh, less time, so I'll, I'll, be, I'll be brief. Um, so today I'll be talking about faith and in the, last, in the last few months, we, have ha- we are having this amazing preaching series on discipleship. And I don't know about you, but I've been really blessed by this preaching series. There are some amazing teachings and preachings that have come out. And this preaching series is, is based on the book, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship by Pete Scazzaro. And at some point, I, while I was going through this uh, series, I just sensed in my spirit that I should respond. I should respond to this preaching series. And, and I believe, as a community, we need to respond to this preaching series. Um, and, and while I was, I was thinking about what should be the response, I, um, you know, I, I just uh, sensed that, the response should be that of faith, a response that is of faith. Now, I know that it sounds bizarre at this point in time, but as we go through these this next 30 minutes, you'll see why it's important to respond to this, to, the, to this preaching series that we have in faith. Now, faith is a very common English word, very common English word. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's used commonly by Christians. But the meaning of faith in the Bible is different from the commonly understood meaning of faith. So the way we understand faith in English is not the way the Bible talks about faith. So today, I have, I've created three or four takeaways for us. And, and uh, some practical aspects of faith. And, and it's just scratching the surface because faith is a huge topic. And it, it requires more time than 30 minutes to, to go through faith in detail. But let's look at three or four um, practical aspects of faith. So, the first takeaway that we have is faith is a word of motion, faith is not a static thing, faith leads to choices and those choices lead to action. So faith is not, a, is, is not a static thing. It's a word of motion. Faith leads to choices, and those choices lead to action. So now, when you start studying about faith, you can't skip over Hebrews 11, one. Some people call it as the definition of faith. Today we'll not, drain through, uh, we'll not drain through that scripture, but we'll look at a couple of interesting things about the scripture, okay? So the first interesting fact or thing about this scripture is the placement of the scripture in the letter to the Hebrews. So we, we don't know who wrote letter to the Hebrews. We are not sure about the author They were being persecuted for their faith. And these people had a, these, this community of Jesus followers. They had some amazing understanding of the Old Testament. So when you read Hebrews, you will see some cool connections with Old Testament. Um, and, and so these people, and so this author is writing this letter to uh, this community of Jesus followers who are Who are being persecuted for their faith and probably it's too loud (laughs) okay cool thank you thanks Rian Um, so um, the first ten chapters the first ten chapters from chapter 1 to chapter 10 the author is actually uh, talking about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done us so if you if you're really interested to know who jesus is and what jesus has done for us then you should read the first 10 chapters of the book of hebrews and then after chapter 10 which chapter comes this chapter 11 verse 1 right so the chapter 11 verse 1 is like a tipping point the author is talking about jesus and what jesus has done for, for us and how amazing jesus is And in the next three chapters, that is chapter 11, 12, and 13, he's talking about our response to Jesus. And our response to this amazing Jesus is that of faith. Is that of faith. And so, and and this, the author of the letter to the Hebrews, he starts talking about faith and he starts quoting about some models of faith. So let's look at a couple of models of faith the, the first model is Noah, and, um, and, and there are different models of faith that uh, this uh, author talks about. He talks about Abel, he talks about Noah, he talks about Abraham, Sarah, Jacob, Joseph. So he talks about a lot of people. But let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse seven. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. So what did Noah do? What did Noah do? He built a boat. But before that, he obeyed. So Noah made a choice. And that choice led to an action. Now let's read verse 8. It's about Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Again, Abraham obeyed and he went on a journey and he, where he was not sure about the destination, but he went on a journey, he obeyed God. So faith leads to choices, and those choices lead to action. Faith is not a a word, is not a static thing, it's a word of motion. You can't sit with your faith. That's, That's takeaway number one. Now when we look at the second interesting fact about the scripture, we come to our second takeaway faith is not a mental activity faith is an experience it's an experience of the reality of things hoped for so faith is not a mental activity so to understand more about it let's get into hebrews 11 we, we dive into it uh, now as christians we need to know that bible was written in a different language in a different time, and the New Testament was written in Greek language and when the translators were working on translation or on translating Greek into English, they faced some challenges, and they were not, sometimes they were not able to find the right English words to render certain complex ideas now i 'm not suggesting that w- a particular translation in English is better than some other translation in English. What I'm suggesting is that translators sometimes had challenges in finding the right English words while rendering certain complex ideas. And Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 is one such scripture. So what we will do is we'll read the scripture with some Greek words in it, and then we'll look at um, uh, at, at how this um, this uh, and then we look at how this translation um, um, worked in, these, in this in the scripture okay let's look at the first um, the 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 this hebrews 11 1 with greek words in it faith is the upastasis of things hoped for the elenkos of things not seen the two words apostasis and Koss. Now what is, what are the things that we hope for? What is it that we hope for? Now the word hope here is not might happen kind of a word, but it is a confident expectation. So when we come to Jesus, what do we expect? What do we expect? Yeah, a restored relationship with God an adoption into God's family as sons and daughters, born of the spirit, and Hebrews, and Hebrews 12, 28, uh, the author talks about living in an unshakable kingdom. Okay, we are hoping for all of that. We are confidently expecting all of that when we come to Jesus. So let's look at the first translation. The first translation you can find in, in NIV which is new international version english standard version of the bible and it it reads something like this faith is the assurance or confidence of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen so here the translators are using the word assurance confidence conviction these words talk about a mental activity. There is something going on in the mind and because of that mental activity, there's some kind of a mental choice that we make to believe in the things that we hope for. Like for example, we make a mental choice to believe, believe that we have a restored relationship with God. We have a mental choice to believe that we have We are are adopted into God's family as sons and daughters. We have a mental choice to believe that that we are living in an unshakable kingdom. But over the years, there's been a lot of debate on this particular scripture, a lot of debate. And if you go on the internet and read about the scripture, you'll see uh, a lot of these commentaries going on. And and over the years, it has been established that that the, the author of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, was talking about some totally different he was not talking about mental activity but he was talking about an experience so let's look at the second uh, uh, kind of translation for this particular verse the second translation you find in king james version or new living translation or or even some of the modern trans- some of the recent editions of the old translations they are they're changing this verse to adopt this particular translation so here it reads like this faith is the substance or reality of the things hoped for, the evidence or proof of things not seen. So now, we're not talking about just a mental activity, but we're talking about an experience of a reality. An experience of reality. So, if if I rewind a bit, when we have faith, we make choices When we make choices, those lead to certain actions. And because of those actions, we begin to live in the experience of the reality of the things hoped for. We begin to live in the reality of a restored relationship with God. We begin to live in the experience of the reality of sons as uh, as being adopted into God's family as sons and daughters. Live with an experience of the reality of, of living in a kingdom which is unshakable. Now, that experience need not wait. You can have that experience right now. And that's what the author of Hebrews is talking about. Hey, people, you're, you're going through uh, persecution. You're, you're suffering for your faith. But still, today, you can live in the experience of the reality that God has for you. And that's, that's what the, the, this author, to the letter to, uh, author in the letter to the Hebrews is talking about. Now let me illustrate this with an example. Last year, my dad went through a major surgery and, um, and, um, and the surgery was successful, praise God. So there was an underlying condition that was taken out. And because the underlying condition was taken out, we had a confident expectation that he would lead a normal life. Now, as you all know, sometimes after surgery, there is more pain than before surgery, right? and, and so he was recovering, and while he was recovering, we used to give him a taste of certain food that he used to like, or he used to love. And that taste was just to remind him of the coming reality which is a normal life for him. And that's, that's something that, that the author of this letter to the Hebrews is talking about. That there is a reality, there is a confident expectation of a restored relationship with God, of being adopted into God's family, of living in a kingdom that is unshakable. But you can live in that reality right now. Okay, so that's the second takeaway. Now, sometimes, sometimes, and uh, people talk about Christian faith as as a, as a um, you know as a blind faith. And 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 so the third takeaway that I have is that um, that faith is not our faith is not a blind faith, but our faith is based on reason. We have a reason to believe. It's not a blind faith. And um, if you have any doubts, any questions about about your faith, then you should ask those questions. You need to come and talk to one of us, and and because and or you should talk to someone. Whom you trust um, and because there is a reason to believe we are not believing because it's a blind faith now let's turn our um, turn our bibles scroll our bibles to um, um, hebrews chapter 11 verse 11. it's talking about um, this this um, scripture is talking about sarah it was by faith that even sarah was able to have a child though she was barren and was too old she believed that god would keep his promise initially sarah we know in the old testament her, her reaction to this news that she would become a mom at a very old age was not uh, not correct or was not acceptable but eventually she believed and why did she believe why did she believe because God had done so much in her life that when she looked at her life, she, she knew that God is faithful. And because of that, she believed that God will keep his promise. You look at another example of Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19. Abraham re- reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring, his, bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. See, we, today morning we sang this song, um, you know, where we talked about goodness of God and God's faithfulness in our life. God has been faithful to us. And similarly, God was faithful to Abraham. So Abraham looked back, to, he looked back at his life and, and he saw the faithfulness of God. And, and, and that's the reason why he was, he had the faith to believe that even if God, uh, if, even if Isaac died, that he will come back to life. So, um, so now, as believers, as we, as Christians, we pretend that this is the Bible, okay? So we have the Bible with us. We have a reason to believe. You have, you have the, in the Bible itself, the, uh, different authors have, have given the reason for, 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 for the, the reasons to believe what we believe. There are countless testimonies documented in the Bible. We also have the community around us and, and there are so many testimonies in this community. So we have a reason to believe. And, and sometimes we might go through some very tough situations in our life where we are not able to see certain things that God has for us. But the community around us can see and guide us. And so that's the important, that's, that's really important to know. So let me do, um, uh, You know, uh, we have some time, so let me do, a quick demonstration, okay? Pretend that I'm not doing this here. Let me, let me take this and, and I'll bring it to the front, okay? And uh, now I'll stand in front of this particular uh, seat. Now, do, do I see this seat? or Do you guys see it? And can you guide me to sit on this seat? Can I sit on it? Okay, so look at, I was able to sit on this seat even though I was not able to see because you were able to guide me through it. That's how faith works. Sometimes I don't see things that you see, but I trust you guys, I trust you guys. And when you see something that I don't see, I can still make some those choices and put those choices into action and walk in faith because of your guidance. That's how Christian faith works. Christian faith, is, it has reason. It, it, we believe because we have a reason. Okay, so takeaway number four. Faith is being open-minded to Jesus. Faith is being open-minded to Jesus. Now let's uh, turn to Matthew chapter 9. And we'll look at, um, um, we'll look at three responses that Jesus got. Uh, in Matthew chapter 9. We are, we are looking at verses 27 to 34. In this passage, you have two blind men, you have the crowds, and you have the Pharisees. Two blind men, the crowds, and the Pharisees. In between, chapter 27, between verses 27 and 30, um, there, are these three, there are these two blind men, and um, they are blind physically, but they can see Jesus for who he is. They can see Jesus for who he is. So, 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 so what did they do? They did not sit tight. They made a choice and they followed it, followed, followed it up with an action. So they followed Jesus and shouted, Son of David, have mercy on us. They made a choice. They put that into action. Son of David. Son of David is a term um, that shows that they recognize who Jesus is. So, son of david have mercy on us and jesus turns towards them and 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 says hey do you do you believe that i can heal you and and those and those two blind men respond yes we do and this is something that uh, something amazing that uh, jesus says uh, to them because of your faith it will happen because of your faith it will happen so these two blind men were healed that day they were open-minded to what jesus could do in their life See, healing, healing the blind, if you read Matthew, you'll see that healing blind people was not seen in Israel of that time. In Israel of that time, healing blind men was was not common or was not experienced. But these men, these blind men, they chose to be open-minded to what Jesus could do in their life. Now, let's look at the second response from the crowds. The, the, the second response from the crowds. Uh, so there was this... Um, uh, you know there was this man possessed uh, demon possessed man and and they bring this demon possessed man to Jesus and this man couldn't talk because he was demon possessed and Jesus dries off the demon and and this man can talk again now the crowds are amazed the crowds are excited they they have not seen something like this in the past this has never happened in Israel but did they do anything with it no they were excited they, they did not make any choices, they did not take any action. The third response was from the Pharisees. These Pharisees were the most educated people in that, in, in that group. They had been to college, they had studied the Old Testament, they knew the Old Testament inside out, but they had a box for Jesus, and Jesus did not fit, fit into that box. Because, because of that, they, they rejected Jesus, they even accused Jesus Of being demon possessed now when we look at the when we we look at these um, uh, these blind men and when we look at the response from Jesus uh, which is which where Jesus says because of your faith it will happen we are tempted to believe that these blind men had some kind of a faith currency because they had more of faith currency they were able to make Jesus move but I don't believe that, th- th- uh, you know, th- uh, I don't believe that th- th- that was what was happening there. So let me illustrate that with, a, with, a, with an example, with a personal example. Now, I'm terrible at sports, but, uh, and, and as a family, we find comfort in music. So, um, and, uh, and, and while my kids are playing music, I have this habit of, uh, of walking into uh, their practice, and, and I have this habit of giving them some advice. And, and ninety times out of hundred, uh, they, they they respond. They trust me. They trust my advice, and they and they respond by making some changes in how they practice or how they play. But there are times when I get a response something like this: "Dad, uh, you, I, you know, I thank you for this advice, but I'm good. I I think I'm doing the right thing. So 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 no, thank you. Right? So <laughs> so." So now I'm a good dad, right? So I don't want to push them. I want to respect their choices. So so I just walk away from that situation. And I think that's something happening, something similar happening here, that these blind men were open-minded to Jesus. They were vulnerable. They, they, they They allowed their lives to be opened up to Jesus so that Jesus could work in their life. Now, as we close, as we close, so many amazing things are happening in this community. There is this amazing preaching, teaching series. And, and, and guys, I mean, that, that, this series on discipleship has really blessed me. Now, there is so many, and there are so many ministries running, life groups, things happening in the life group. Now, how do we respond? Do we respond like, like the blind men, where we open up our lives to Jesus, make choices which lead to action and live in the experience of the reality of things hoped for? Or do we respond like the crowds, where we are excited, we're amazed, but we don't do anything with that excitement? Or, we, or do we respond um, like those Pharisees? These Pharisees were highly educated, and just because we, you know, some of us might, be, uh, might have an educational background or some old teachings or uh, some cultural influences, because of which we might have created some boxes uh, for Jesus. And because Jesus doesn't fit into those boxes, do we reject some of the teachings that are coming out? The response is yours. You need to think through this. And, and I believe that, that this week, um, you know, as, we, as you get, spend time with God, think through your response. Do you want to respond like the blind men? you want to respond like the crowds? Or do you like, want to respond like the Pharisees? now a personal lessons learned you there is nothing that you can do to build your faith there is nothing that you can do to build your faith jesus is the author and perfecter of your faith jesus is the author and finisher of your faith and i i was thinking to this and i i'm there's a, and i i i i kind of thought that this 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 graphic that will come up on your screen will will kind of summarize what we just looked at and so if uh, if that graphic can come up please yeah so so faith always starts with surrender faith always starts with surrender to jesus and and when faith when when you start surrendering your life to jesus you start spending time in reading his word in spending time in in a community of jesus followers like in the church or in the church community or in the life group you you when you start spending time with with god you have the holy spirit to lead you guide you teach you and then once you see once you start seeing those countless testimonies in 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 the bible countless testimonies in the lives of people you start opening up your mind to jesus and when you start opening up your mind to jesus you start making those choices and start taking those actions you start walking by faith not by sight and once you start walking by by faith and start making those choices and those and take those actions you'll start living in the experience of the reality of things hoped for and then that leads to more surrender now this time you don't have the testimony of others and you you not only have the testimony of others in the Bible or testimony of others in the community, but you have your own testimony. Just like Sarah, you've seen the faithfulness of God in your life. That leads to more open-mindedness to Jesus. That's, and and that open-mindedness leads to to more uh, choices, more action, and more experience. That's how we grow in faith. But faith always starts with surrender to Jesus. I don't know where this sits with you today, but i just want to bless you and and bless this community and, and pray that in every season we 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 grow in faith and we respond to jesus just like the blind men responded to him yeah. yeah thank you so much ashish thank you for bringing the word You are our resident Greek scholar. (laughs) (laughs) I have faith. There's a chair behind me. So faith is not static. Faith is an experience. Faith is not blind. And faith uh, is open-minded. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. So bless you guys. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope that you have an amazing week ahead. And uh, Wednesday, if you have kids, bring them to Chinkuzi Park in Brampton for a great time. Bless you guys. Take care.